0: This week on A Lively Experiment, what to do with a growing surplus in Rhode Island's budget. We'll talk about a few ideas. And the fallout over the abortion issue continues nationally and here at home.
1: A Lively
0: Experiment is generously underwritten by...
2: Hi, I'm John Hazen White, Jr. For over 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of the political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm a proud supporter of this great program and Rhode Island PBS. Joining
0: us for the discussion, political contributor, Don Roach. Marcella Betancourt, executive director for the Latino Policy Institute at Roger Williams University. And political strategist, Rob Horowitz. Welcome to Lively Experiment. I'm Jim Hummel. Well, for the first time in a very long time, lawmakers and the governor have an unfamiliar dilemma. What to do with more than half a billion extra dollars available to them in next year's budget? Governor McKee has hinted at a potential sales tax cut, and the Senate president, Dominic Ruggiero, wants to accelerate the elimination of the state's car tax. you guys have been around here a long time. I don't remember this at all. Don, so what, what do you think as we look through this? It's an embarrassment of riches, but what stands out to me, structural deficit, maybe three or four years down the line, right?
3: Yeah, um, it's, it's hard to imagine that we're here today. You know, like we've been in a pandemic for years, dealing with all kinds of stuff, but I definitely agree that we've got to take the opportunity to do something different in Rhode Island. Do I think we'll actually do something different? No. But some ideas, you know, affordable housing is is a big crisis at the moment across the country, but especially here in Rhode Island. And there are some things we could do with this money to to address that.
2: Rob, yeah, I agree with Don. I think that the key is it because you also even aside from the surpluses in the budget, you also have this billion dollars or so of the Civil American Rescue Act funds. Um, I think it's important that Rhode Island makes some big bets. Because my fear would be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and we look and we look at this five or six years from now and say, where'd that money go? Mm. Um, and and I think affordable housing is a, is a good big bet, and you can do it on construction and stuff that doesn't build in costs. Speaking of the structural deficit, it th- doesn't build in big out-year costs.
0: But they're already using that for. I mean, they've already allocated 250 million out of the ARPA funds, we have a $600 million surplus. So you wonder, tax increase, maybe other programs? What do you think? I, I mean, think... tax, uh, not a tax increase, God forbid. Sorry, the tax cut. <laughs> lost my head.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, no, I, I do, I, you know, aside from housing, I do think that there are a lot of other programs. I I'd, I agree that we have to invest, in. and sadly, I don't think that... We are bold enough right now to make investments uh, instead of just programs that look shiny. But there's investments, especially not only in housing, but there's incredible workforce programs that we could do. So, you know, several organizations actually have provided recommendations of what to do with ARPA money and other other funds. Uh, Right, Behavioral health is a huge issue in our state not only today, but for decades. And so investing in workforce that uh, not only to pay individuals, to be, go, be able to support them to go to school, things of this sort. Again, we have to be more bold in what is, what is possible because yes, four years from now, we might not have this money, but the investments that we make today, we will see them in the future. And I don't think that we have done that yet.
2: Um, yeah, I, I, I agree partially. I, I do think that 250, uh, it sounds like a lot of money, 250 million, isn't sufficient on the affordable housing. So so, uh, you you still need to go up. Uh, And I think if we could make a bet, in I would make a bet on education. The problem is with education is is there's not necessarily a correlation with more, as it's been currently structured, between more money and and better school performance. But, But given how underperforming our schools are, smart investments that also build in accountability I think would be the other big bet Rhode Island should make. You've done a lot of work in housing over the mm-hmm. years. We saw that protest
0: up at the at the governor's office mm-hmm. yesterday. You have some woman who's been sleeping in her car. We got all this money sloshing around and the frustration is it's not getting out the door. That's I mean right. I understand you can't build housing mm-hmm. overnight mm-hmm. but for all this money we have and we've had it for a mm-hmm. year, why do we have people sleeping on the street?
1: Yeah, it. it and I agree. I, just reading the articles and kind of hearing from, from the this woman and, and so many others that uh, are sleeping in their cars, in the streets, that don't have enough shelters. I think it is incredible that our state has to do this. It's, an, it's been an emergency for a really long time. We need to, there's been creative ways in which it has in other states. We have to do it. The fact that we're going to wait for the fall to do this or at any other point, we have to, we, you know, we have to build transitional housing for individuals. It is a really important and difficult process to actually get into affordable and public housing.
0: You know the sales tax went up in 1991 to pay for the banking crisis, the credit union, <clears throat>
1: excuse me, the credit
0: union collapse, and that was only supposed to be for a year. So I wonder, the hmm. governors talked about that, Don, about potentially <clears throat> getting competitive with Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts. You got to figure out how to how to fill that gap, and maybe that's the maybe you use that money to get toward it. What about a sales tax cut? What do you think?
3: You know, I think <clears throat> it. it, it I, Honestly, I don't think it will help that much. I was just processing in my mind. And the reason I don't think so is um, that we have, as we were talking, to me what we've got to get right is economic development. And I think par- partially why we're not doing affordable housing right is because we don't know how to do business in Rhode Island effectively from from the state level. So for me, I would love to see us kind of focus on economic development and affordable housing with this surplus. To me, that could bring some real change to Rhode Island.
0: But doesn't economic development go hand-in-hand hand with education? I mean, you're trying to attract the top people from all over the country, and they look at Rhode Island's public schools. Now, a lot of them will send their kids to the private schools, but that, that's such a key piece to it.
2: Well, I think it is. It's, 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 it's also because, as um, Marcel was saying, workforce is also critical. So, so if, if you get better school performance, um, you're going to have, a for the people that stay in Rhode Island, which is a good chunk, you're also going to have a more upgraded, better better workforce. I agree, with, I agree with that. I'm not big on the sales tax either. I think that marginal differences isn't going to make a big competitive advantage. If you were going to do something on taxes, I, w- I, I would be more for the Rogerio proposal since we're planning to phase out the car tax anyway, and that just gets rid of one tax completely. If, so, If the governor was asking you, what would you tell him? with this big
0: to do pot with of this money. money?
1: Yeah. I, I agree. I think one, you have to build transitional housing immediately. You have to support individuals We what, could have
0: started on that a year ago.
1: Yeah. Uh no and, and again and it's not housing is not an easy issue. There's not just a one solution. There are many so, There are many proposals and solutions, I think. There are incredible people who have been doing this for a long time. So th- are there ways to do it? Absolutely. I do agree that economic development workforce has to go. I don't know, and I will never understand how we only have to focus on one issue at a time. We can and should be doing more than more than one and two at a time.
0: Walking and chewing gum.
1: Absolutely, Everybody it is the most important that. thing that our government has to do. All
0: right. The uh, the fallout continues from last week's a leaked Supreme <laughs> Court decision on uh, that effectively would eliminate it if it goes through Roe v- uh, versus Wade, uh, a federal allowing of abortion rights across the country. Rob, you wrote a column this week. They're, they're political. I mean, there's just so much to unpack. And uh, Don, I remember we had you when we were talking about. You were on set when we were talking in 2019 when Rhode Island codified it. Let's start with you and what you think. Let's talk about the political fallout and then we'll go from there.
2: Yeah, basically since, since Roe, by and large, individual races can be different. Um, the political benefits uh, on the abortion issue have, have gone more to Republicans and more to the pro-life side. Simply because um, folks that are pro-choice and Democratic candidates that are pro-choice um, and voters that are pro-choice, there's been sort of a take it in for granted that, that, that abortion is, is, a, is, you know, that the right for a mom to make her health, own health decisions um, and choice was, was a given. Um, and, and people on the pro-life side were, were outraged by the Roe decision and, and activated and worked really hard. And, and for five had, and, and, and had a, a lot of success, candidly politically. I think that's going to shift. How much it will shift, I don't know, but it's going to shift because the energy is now going to move, for because you have the reverse to democratic to the democratic side to motivate voters who are pro-choice. Once this, assuming that this is is a complete overturn or row or of, um, very, very very much pared back. I do think though, there's there's a note of caution, People's 60% of the public, or so roughly, it's about 30%, um, want to keep Roe. That is true. But people have um, fairly ambivalent positions on abortion. So the messaging needs to be cautious and careful. In other words, you have to acknowledge the complexities. Um, Bill Clinton's old formulation that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare is kind of instructive on, on how to approach this. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, this is, this is a really difficult and sad and frustrating issue. I think that, I I, I hope and, you know, that maybe this is, you know, how we, uh, you know, others kind of program together that in the next, hopefully not five decades, we can turn this around. I, you know, yesterday I was reading something about Alabama has one of the worst, uh, like, healthcare infrastructures in the country, um, and when this is overturned, when and if this is overturned, you know they, they have, they're one of the states that has a trigger law. So now not only are you going to uh, prevent abortions, but now you are also going to add an, yet another layer to this failing, uh, like, healthcare infrastructure. And so it's incredible. It's incredible to me that as a state, we care, as a country, we care so little about people's healthcare. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's really incredibly frustrating that this is happening.
3: Yeah, I, I w- agree with Marcel. In general, in this country, we don't really care about health care for the most part. You know, I am a pro-life guy. Um, I, I wasn't jumping up and down when I heard this. You know, the leak itself to me is, is very egregious. Um, to me, that's like fabric of democracy falling apart, kind of like the January 6th um, insurrection, if you mm. will. Um, but it's a really complex issue. Um, we have had it for five decades. Um, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with people who are pro-choice, and I just hate the, the villainization of if you're pro-choice or if you're pro-life. I hate how the news media calls pro-life people anti-abortion. As a pro-life person, I'm not anti-abortion. I, my position is pro-life. And so I, I feel as though um, we've come to a place, as Rob mention where six out of 10 folks are favor some form of abortion. And that this isn't, you know, this used to be the hill that I would die on from a, who I would elect. And uh, a guy who used to be in Rhode Island, his name is Frank Barnes. He's an educator. 2004, he told me, he's like, Don, if, if someone was pro-life, but they were against everything else and just wanted to destroy life, would you vote for them? And I had to really reconsider my, my position. Um, but I think I, what I would like to see is, um, as a country, if we're going to uh, give women the right uh, to have an abortion, we really need something that will not be uh, destroyed by the thoughts of nine people.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting, and, and I think Roe was rightly decided, but there is an, if you look at Europe, for example, where you didn't have a court decision, the democratic process kind of worked out and, and in most European countries, abortion is legal, but there are more restrictions as you get you know, closer to viability towards the end. My guess is here we now we have a much right now very dysfunctional politics. They, they weren't dysfunctional in nineteen seventy. If you hadn't had the decision, you might have had, might have had a political solution that that made abor- abortion legal throughout the nation, but had probably more restrictions. Um, on, on, the, on the procedure. That didn't happen. So now, now we're going to go into a, a fairly large-scale culture war on it. And if you look at where the extremism now is, I do think it's more, it didn't, wasn't always, but I think it is more on the pro-life side in the sense that you have these states that are now passing laws with no exceptions for rape, no exceptions for incest. And there'll be
0: trigger laws. There's the...
2: trigger laws. So you're going to have 25, 26 states, assuming this gets overturned. Mm-hmm where abortion will be illegal. Mm-hmm. And then who's going to get hurt by that? It'll be, it'll be low, as I said, it'll be lower income women because yeah. upper middle class women will figure out how to, how to get around it, mm-hmm. go to other states. They have resources. And then the other thing is going to be very complicated is, is, is the medication is now available. So mm-hmm. are we going to, states are going to ban that? How are you going to enforce that? Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be very complex and I think fairly polarizing. Don made it, as
0: I was listening to you, you wanna to respond to that?
3: Yeah, I, I just one thing Rob said. He said the extremism is more on the pro life side. I take some issue with that. I think the extremism is on both sides. If you look at the various protests, celebrations, you know, with this leak, you know, to me the the polarized people are having the day and where are the moderates? You know, if we, you know, Alan Fung, you know, talked recently about how he's, you know, not in favor of late-term abortions or per- partial <clears> birth <throat> abortions or, you know, taxpayer funding. Um, why can't we have a position like that? And why isn't anyone talking about that versus just saying, you know, you're this or you're that and you're an extremist?
0: Well, I don't want to veer off on the CD2 race, but we've talked about that. That's going to be
2: a difficult position for him. He's, he's not... Well you yeah i mean here 's the problem with, with and, I, and I watched the interview that Alan did, and it 's a typical Alan, tempting to be all things to all people. I agree you can carve out that mental position, but you need to do it straightforwardly. if he had said and said yes i am I am pro choice I do believe that that the women have the, have the right to make these health decisions with their doctors, but it's not unlimited, and here are, here are my exceptions, mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine. But to sit there and go, I don't know if I'm pro-choice, I don't know if I'm pro-life, I don't know about the Collins Bill, I really don't know much of anything, I wanna to go to, down to DC, I don't wanna talk about abortion. Well, sorry, you're, you're going down, to, you're a congressperson, is going to get overturned. You got to talk about abortion. You owe the voters of your district a straightforward answer,
0: and it's part of a pattern. Mm-hmm. Let me let you jump in here. I was thinking, as Don was talking about, is this the hill you're going to die on? I, I wonder as we go, and you hate to just make it political, but that's kind of where we are right now. As we head to the midterms and other elections going on, you got inflation killing people, you all of that. How, what effect do you think this is going to have when people go to the voting box? So they think in the larger picture of if I'm pro-life or pro-choice, I need to vote that way, or are they just trying to survive these days?
1: That's a great question. I think there may be both. I think that you know, it, as as Don mentioned, there historically there have been people who voted, you know, typically pro-life uh, or, or pro-choice. I think in se- several states, and maybe in, maybe even even ours, uh, that may still be the case. It, but again, just. Uh, abortion or access to abortion in healthcare it's not just one issue as we said earlier it is it, it impacts so many other things so if I'm going to the voting, voting booth I'm also going to think about one my right to choose my, my, my right to help access healthcare, my right to how that's going to impact my work my income my housing because all of these things are, connect, are connected together so I do I think that voters hopefully all around the country are going to think about this in the next few years
0: want to get the final word on that
3: well, I want to go back to Rob's statement about Fung being kind of wishy washy. Oh, I had a feeling that we liked that. I'm be, yeah. right. We did not allow Don to wear the Fung for Congress <laughs> sticker today. That was
0: not gonna be uh, although you, and you've uh, you've made it clear you've been a supporter of Alan's yeah, over the years. And
3: and I think it's fair of him to not wanna label himself as pro choice or pro life. Why can't we can reframe the 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 question and he was very clear on what what his position was but I think again the problem is is we can't have moderate people or we at least we haven't elected moderate people and I think Alan's trying to change the game on that. All right you get the final
2: word. Yeah, I, 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 I think you you can be moderate but on this on the issue, issue, if you're not going to say I'm pro-choice, which it clearly is by any definition mm-hmm. uh, of, of the word, if you don't want to use that word or you don't use a pro-life word, you have to have a precise, defined position. And what I, what I observed was not a precise, defined position. What I observed was I like this, I don't like that, I'm all over the place. So if you want to do that, fine. Say, here's why I don't want to do it. And then to find exactly specifically what your position is. If he doesn't do that, it's gonna be Alan Fung again, all things to all people. And, and just politically, it's a dog that won't
0: hunt. All right. we'll, we'll uh, continue to uh, watch that as the uh, campaign on. Un- <laughs> I like that dog that won't hunt uh, as the campaign unfolds. Uh, Marcelo, let me go back to you. I saw an interesting article just a couple of days ago. The Providence police are teaming up with the Providence Center now. Mm-hmm. And this is what we talked about in the in mm-hmm. the wake of George Floyd are a lot of these calls, mental health calls to go out. So what, what do you think about this program? And is this where policing is, is headed?
1: I think, well, hopefully, I think it's it's a really interesting program i do think that hopefully one it it's not a one time thing i hope that you know every single person in the in the uh, police uh, province police department is trained not just once not the one training that you go for a couple of hours but thoughtful training I think it is important to people in the department, especially the people the communities that they serve. Um, and so I, if this is going to be an investment, I hope that it's an investment for the long term. I hope that you know whoever comes into the administration in the city continues this and you know if it works, it, it could be a really interesting thing it is it is a complicated issue if it's not done well, especially because, you know, some of these uh, police officers live in these communities, are, are in the communities, and they should be responding in, in a way that they may need to and that their community but needs to. But bringing
0: the Providence Center, and those are the trans professionals.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, and it's it's incredibly helpful. Also, for the first time, a lot of individuals that the police department might be, you know, might might be interacting with, may for the first time have access to somebody from the from the health center. And so, because it's, it's not a thing for everyone in Providence.
0: We've taken issue with a lot of Mayor Alors's policies over the years. This seems actually like a practical one and maybe a little bit ahead of its time. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot, and I'm not following all police departments across the country, but this this is the first I've heard from a police department this size doing something like this
3: yeah, I think this is this is a great idea as uh, as a parent of uh, of a child who has autism and uh, when my son was about ten or eleven years old, he actually ran away uh, from uh, you know where we uh, a caretaker and um, he was found by a local person and the, the police were there and he couldn't say his name and you know I, My wife and I fear, you know, if he was older, what what could have happened to him? And this kind of policing, if you will, um, is just going to be much more beneficial for a lot of folks who who have those mental health problems but are, you know, are not necessarily more of a threat to themselves uh, than they are to someone else. But if, you know, I have a lot of confidence in our police officers, but they're not trained psychologists. Just like I'm not a trained police officer, and so I wouldn't put, want to put myself into a situation where I would have to police. Um, I think giving police this kind of support is just going to help the community.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, by the way, there were just a couple. Newark and Los Angeles are both cities where they, they have um, and are doing this program, and, and it's getting some, preliminarily, it's getting some really good Is that results. in the wake of
0: George Floyd, or had that being in the works, do you think?
2: Uh, I think in... Um, I think it was in the works, but George Floyd accelerated it. I think around the country, it also does something else. Um, it frees up the police to focus on violent crime, mm-hmm. which is which has grown. Unfortunately, we've had a spike around the country and a spike in Rhode Island. So, so you want police resources um, where they can uniquely handle something on the violent side, and if you can handle these calls more sensitively, um, that's great too. That's actually critically important, as, as Don and Marcel both said, but it does also, it's a, it's a better use of resources all around. Yeah, this got lost in the whole defund police. I think I think when people were saying that, they
0: were thinking, not defund, but maybe shift the resources, yeah. right? And so the messaging was bad, but mm-hmm. this is kind of what I think a lot of people envisioned two years ago.
1: Absolutely, and, and exactly. And I think that that's, the, you know, it, we talked about this a little bit ago. It's like, how are we using our resources? Yes, this is something that we should be doing. And, and that's why I keep saying this has to now be a one-time investment. It has to continue Um, because this when we talk about policing and and the the work that they do it is it is important but there are so many layers to this this is an it's incredibly complicated what you know the police department just the city our city and the entire state goes through so I think it's incredibly important that this is the kind of investments that we continue to do and even more I think there's a lot more that we could be doing.
2: Okay Uh, let's do uh, outrages and or kudos Mr. Horowitz what do you have today? Um, My outrage is Senator Rand Paul, and not just the fact that he exists, um, <laughs> which, can be which could be outrageous time. to some people, especially his neighbor. We don't have to go back there. <laughs> but um, last night, he blocked a vote on Ukrainian aid to Ukraine, the $40 billion aid. Um which was, had bipartisan support, both McConnell, the, the minority leader, and um, Chuck Schumer, the Senate, Senate majority leader, were supporting it. He, he, he blocked the vote because you needed an unanimous consent to do it. He said he wanted an amendment for, to, he wanted to get an inspector general, was one of his, he said, okay, we'll have a vote on that. He blocked it anyway. All this is, is, is what's too common in American politics: performative for politics. There's still going to be a vote. It's still going to pass. It's going to pass sometime next week. All this does is delay getting um, <laughs> Money to the It was for Ukrainians. unanimous consent, right? Yeah, so now exactly. he gums up the works a little bit. He just gums up the works, delays it for a week, doesn't do anything. He has every right to oppose it principally, every right to, um, to jump on and down about it. Blocking a vote doesn't do anything except for raises him a little more money and, and gets him a little TV time. Hmm. Don, what do you have?
3: So this is not going to be, you know, a Rhode Island outrage. But, you know, my, my Philadelphia 76ers lost last night uh, to the Miami Heat. And we haven't won a championship since 1983, but I'm hoping Joel Embiid and the and the crew come back stronger.
0: I was a little uh, concerned because my North Carolina guy, Danny Green, got taken out by yeah. Joel Embiid on an egregious flop. <laughs> so if you ever talk to Mr. Embiid, tell him to stay on his feet because he yeah. may have ended Danny Danny Green's career. But I share that. Well, we we lived that in in uh, Boston for all those years uh, with many sports franchises. Yep. So that's good. Marcel, what do
1: you have? Uh, my kudos are to college graduates this week but with the caveat of like adult learners yes you know this week I had the opportunity to see uh, graduates from uh, the CCRI and it was really beautiful to see adult learners uh kind of you know in their graduation gowns with their families it like it still gives me goosebumps I think it's beautiful that um people are pursuing an education and you know it's it, it, especially whatever age and whatever place in your life you are. And that made me really happy. So congratulations to everybody.
0: Wasn't one of the speakers, too? He was an older guy. Who, he yes, he was He
1: was in his 60s. And so that's exciting. Old. Wow. No, I didn't say he was old. You said he was I old. Did. I said he was in his 60s. I did. So. <laughs> it depends on how you are.
3: Semantics.
0: No, but, no but it was, I got to tell you, I mean, having gotten through college, at, I think, you know, young parents mm-hmm. and doing college when you're older it takes an um, unbelievable Absolutely. amount of Absolutely. energy. I mean, I'm glad I was the age I was when we had our twins. We've talked about raising kids. And uh, and also, college, man. I mean, people mm-hmm. who go back. It's when amazing. I just, yeah. and trying to juggle.
1: I, I, I can't imagine. It was hard when I was 18, and I don't know what it yeah. would be like at this age.
0: Exactly. But. We have just a couple of minutes left. Uh, one thing that uh, is going on, we talked about about a month ago, is the uh, the resurrection of the Superman building, uh, Rhode Island <laughs> Commerce passed the financial package, which was expected um, this week, the $21 million. There's been a lot of talk about um, state subsidies. Is this appropriate? I just wanted to get all three of you. We only have a couple of minutes left. Your thoughts in general about the proposal and, and whether you think this is a good idea for Providence.
3: You know, I, I like the proposal in, in theory. But with the Superman building, I've heard so many proposals over the years you know it's just it's almost like a running joke but we need we need housing and so but i don't think it goes far enough
2: i i like the proposal i think the current level of both state and city government investments appropriate the danger is rising costs and are, the, are the, is the developer going to come back three or four more times for a bite at the apple? And who's on the hook for that? And and, and, and then, um, well, he's on the hook, but, but but if the project's in the middle, he can't finish it, there's going to be a lot of pressure to do more money. Maybe that's okay, too, but but I, I do candidly think they could have sorted out with more realistic estimates so that they built in what this is probably going to really cost from day one.
1: I agree. I, I have weird, mixed feelings about it. I I agree that we need housing and I think it's an, it's an interesting issue. And because of the rising cost eventually, I'm worried of, you know, these quote unquote affordable apartments, May, are not that affordable to current residents. And in let's the city be of clear. Providence. We
0: talked about this. They threw the affordable in because they had their hand behind their Correct. back. It's not like,
1: yeah. oh, we
0: want to help with affordable yeah. housing. It's like we're not going to give you the mm-hmm. the funding unless yeah. you do this.
1: Absolutely. Currently, rent in the city of Providence is not affordable in general. As someone who rents in the city of Providence and in the Superman Building, that is not affordable housing.
0: You know, the other thing I I wondered. Somebody said the other day, w- w- there's no parking. So I mean yeah. if you have if you have a vehicle now I don't know who they're they're you know this is we're not New York City. It's not like you can just hop on the subway. So if you have 240 50 people and you have nowhere to put your car, what do they do about that? Have you thought about that, don? Uh,
3: yeah, no the infrastructure of Rhode Island public transportation is not great um, to to put it mildly. So, you know, again, the f- the, the $580 million surplus could be invested in, you know, some of the infrastructure projects to help us and, you know, maybe create a parking lot. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I'm not in my space downtown
3: for a parking lot. <laughs>
0: some people have said, knock the Superman building down and make it a
3: parking lot. So
2: <laughs> it, it, It's hard to park downtown, yet people rent downtown. Mm-hmm. So, so um, and, and this isn't going to get that many people. Um, I do think you need to upgrade them. Up, upgrade trans, transit, but transit is accessible right there. It's not accessible to everywhere, but you, but you are right, Candy yes, Plaza. So if if you're going to be anywhere in Rhode Island without a car, that that's not a that's not a bad place. But but people do figure out how to park. But it is an extra expense. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Exactly. Okay, folks, that is all the time we
0: have. Thank you for joining us. Don and Rob and Marcella, nice to see you again. Folks, come back here next week. If you don't catch us Fridays at 7 or Sunday at noon, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and you can see all of our shows archived at ripbs.org slash lively. We will be back here next week with all the very latest. We hope you can join us as a lively experiment
2: continues.